Hi pedestrians, welcome to Founders University. My name's Chris Warasinha and I'm a co-founder of Pedestrian.tv. Founders Uni is a geeky, in-depth chat with some of our favorite Aussie startup legends. But first, a word from our sponsor. We recently ran some research at Pedestrian and we found that one in three of our readers are actively working on a side hustle. If that's you and your side hustle does not have a website, then you need to jump onto squarespace.com now. Whether it's a creative project or a way to make a bit of extra cash, make 2018 the year that you take your side hustle to the next level. And on squarespace.com, with the offer code PTV, you not only get a beautifully designed website, but you also get 10% off. That's 10% off with the offer code PTV. Rob Deutsch founded F45 just four years ago and has scaled it into the fastest growing fitness franchise in the world and the fastest growing Australian franchise of all time. With over 900 studios worldwide, F45 is a true phenomenon that is mind-blowing in its size, speed and success. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. It's like, we're stoked to have you here. Um, and you hate podcasts, but you're here. Not a big fan of podcasts. <laughs> Didn't know I was actually doing a podcast, but absolutely, you know, pleasure to be here. Awesome to be here. But yeah, this is not my uh, my usual thing. I try to run away from the press as much as I can. Why is that? Because you are quite press shy. There's not much out there about you. What is it that you, 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 are you not looking to kind of build profile? Do you don't think it's something that's worthwhile? Or Look, I've just never been a fan of wanting to take credit for what we've been doing. We've got an awesome team. I've never really liked taking photos, being in photos. I've always, you know, been pretty happy to sit behind it and drive it. Um, look, I think it's it's one of the reasons why we've been so successful. My business partner, Adam's exactly the same. Both don't have Instagram. We're not really big on social media. So we're really happy to just let the team drive it. We've always been happy to let the faces look like they own the company as opposed to us. So yeah, I mean, I don't want to be in the limelight. I just want to build an awesome company that people know about. So yeah, no. it's just kind of the way that we've always been from the start to be honest yeah cool so so f45 is massive can you give us an idea of just the scale of the operation at the moment sure so right now we've got over 900 studios sold globally the speed that we've got there is probably the most alarming thing as opposed to the number because we've done it all in less than four years so we are comfortably the fastest ever Australian franchise rollout. I think we're getting close to that being globally. We're the number one fastest growing fitness franchise in the world. We're the number four fastest growing franchise full stop. So I think it's behind Subway, Dunkin' Donuts and something else. So we're moving really fast. Um, we're now in 30 countries. It's not slowing down. Obviously with North America having such a huge population, almost 400 million, which we're attacking right now, I think this growth is just going to get faster and faster. So the goal in the US is to get to seven and a half thousand studios. We're at, you know, just under 300. So plenty of room for growth there, plenty of work to do. So that's where we'll be attacking now. Australia being the small country that it is, 550 was the the maximum rollout here and we're, and we're there now. So it's time to start focusing on the UK, Europe and North America. Yeah, nice. So um, how many people like are actually working behind the scenes kind of, you know, in F45 HQ? Well, this is the reason why, you know, I don't really need my face posted everywhere because we've got such a big 
creative, innovative and fantastic team. So right now there's 20 people in the Australian office, 20 people in the North American office. We're just about to set up an office in London and there's 25 people who work full-time in tech that are in the Philippines. Yeah, crazy. So, um, so just to kind of clarify for people that say maybe have walked past F45s and know it's something to do with fitness, um, but they're not sure whether it's similar to CrossFit or high-intensity interval training. There seems to be so many buzzwords in the fitness industry. How do you describe F45 and how it fits into that gamut of kind of options that people have? Sure. So one of the things that we did, we looked at a model of CrossFit, and they did a couple of things fantastically well. So the thing that CrossFit did brilliantly was they brought out what they call a WOD, which was a super innovative way to get people to train in a different way every single day when they turn out the gym, which in its time was revolutionary. So we thought that was brilliant. The other thing that CrossFit did superbly was they built great communities in the gym. And I'm going on this rant because it kind of gives you an idea of why we built F45. And it's not a rant, but just give you a bit of a background. So we looked at what CrossFit did, and that was they built great communities and they innovated innovated really, really well. So that were the two things that we liked. The issue was we saw a lot of people were getting injured and we thought that it was a little bit too intense for that model to go mainstream. So what we tried to build was something that didn't have the power lifting, didn't have the heavy weights, had all the beautiful things that CrossFit had, which was team training, community, great innovation, but we incorporated a hell of a lot more technology and we made it more user-friendly from anyone to kind of 18 to 60 to do. So effectively, the workouts are Monday, Wednesday, Friday, cardiovascular, Tuesday, Thursday, they're weights, Saturday, Sunday, they're hybrids, but it's all functional training done in a really controlled environment with no heavy power lifting, a really strong, consistent brand, great technology, super innovative music where we've got our full-time DJs that literally just mix music to come through the sessions every day. And the beautiful thing, an 18-year-old to a 7-year-old can literally train next to each other, complete the session together, start the session together and do exactly the same workout, but they'll do slightly different reps per session. So it's kind of suitable for all ages, all skill levels. There's no beginner, intermediate or advanced. There's no classes you have to turn up to on a weekend to learn how to do certain moves. Literally anyone can turn up and do any session on any given day and still complete the class with everyone else. Yeah, nice. Uh, rant over. It wasn't actually that ranty. So, <laughs> no. so, you know. um, so you're, you're running this phenomenally successful business. What does your typical day look like? Like, are there any kind of like rituals or things that you kind of do that are different from other people that's helped you to achieve this? Um, well, I get up at about 4.30 in the morning and check through all my emails to make sure that the day is clear and free because the world that we live in, everyone obviously gets so bogged down doing emails. So the last thing I want to do is sit there all day checking through my emails. So I get up at 4.30, I smash through my emails, I go and train, get the endorphins pumping, I sit down have a coffee at the same coffee shop at the moment. It is in Venice in California. And then I head on to the office. Um, To be honest, there's just no structure whatsoever in the office. Um, Obviously, there's a hell of a lot of travel. Um, I manage the marketing, the social media, the sales team, and the workouts and the trading side of the business. And then Adam looks after the rest. So anything that crops up over those parts of the business, that's my domain. And yeah, it's pretty hard to say kind of what my structure looks like. But 
but apart from getting up, checking my emails, having a coffee, and training, it can be absolutely anything, to be completely honest. Yeah, cool. And so you've just moved into this new office space that sounds incredible. You've got a basketball court in there, shuffleboards, golf. Yep, all of the above. I mean, one thing that Adam and I have been super clear on from day one when we set up the company is, and we had a conversation with each other, and that was we said, as soon as we stop having fun, we're out. Yep. So till this day, every single day, I can hand on heart say that it is just fun coming to our office. So we have such a great team, such a great culture. Um, we're very sporty. We're very competitive. We both like to win. So we make sure our staff are the same. So, yeah, the office is super cool. So it's got a basketball court in it. It's got a bar in it. It's got a table tennis arena. It's got a little golf net in it. It's got darts. It's got every little game, shuffleboard, any game you can possibly imagine. So very games-based, always really fun, and the culture and the company is just phenomenal. Yeah, cool. So how do you work kind of competitiveness competitiveness into the culture? Um, we run competitions. So every single one of those things that I mentioned has got a trophy. Yep. So we have round games that we play during the week, and then on every Friday we literally pay for the trophies. So everyone jumps on board. There's a trophy at stake every single week, every single month. So we make sure that everyone, you know, has to up their game, even for lunches. All the boys play for lunches. So we'll have a table tennis tournament to see who has to pay for lunch. So it's always pretty fun, enjoyable, and it's always really competitive. Yeah, nice. So um, can you take us back to kind of, I guess, like where the idea for F45 emerged from? and like what it was like in those early days like when there was one F45 and how did you know it was getting traction and what, what, what were you doing to I suppose you know build a business that then could scale to the level that it's at at the moment sure well the reason why it was created was pretty simple I, I had a look at what normal gyms were doing and the reality is the global attendance rate for a normal gym is once a month yeah. so people are signing up to normal gyms like 24 hour fitness anytime fitness snap and plus and they're turning up on average once a month. So there's something categorically and fundamentally flawed in that model. Now, the people that turn up to get innovation, motivation, and results, which is what we deliver, get a personal trainer. Now, the problem with personal training is if you're getting four sessions a week at $100 a session, that's $400 a week. So the reason why F45 was created was to fit in between that 5 to $10 a week membership where nobody turns up and that $400 a week where people have a personal trainer. So that's how the model was derived. That's how it was born. And we wanted to deliver, like I said, a motivational environment, an inspirational environment with tons of variety that delivered results. And that's what we've been managed to do. Our clients now turn up on average three times per week, which is pretty unheard of for a gym model. So it's pretty exciting for us. Yeah, cool. So how did you convince the first few kind of franchisees to take on the concept? Because now, obviously, it's a global brand. People recognize it. There's, you know, kind of a proven track record. Like when you were selling those first few franchises, um, you know, kind of how did you do it? We were blessed, to be honest. Um, the first seven franchises that we sold were clients of the original gym that I started. Yeah, crazy. So it was pretty cool. So they'd seen the model. They'd trained there for about a year. They loved it. They were ready to go. They picked the areas that they kind of were either born or they knew that the model would work, and it kind of went from there. So we were really blessed in the sense that, yeah, like I said, the first handful of franchisees were current clients of the first gym. So did, did you guys take on investment to kind of help sort of drive that growth in, in the early days? Only when we first started, we took one round of cash um, to get things moving, but we haven't had any investment since then. 
So yeah. everything's been self-funded um, by the business itself. Um, and that's one great thing about a franchise model is once you get it going, it doesn't require too much initial investment, um, especially if you can move fast. And we were really blessed because we sold 30 to 50 franchises really fast. So we pumped all that money back into the business. Obviously, we've continued to use a lot of the funds that have been made on marketing and social and whatever it may be. So yeah, there wasn't a lot of funds that were required after that initial capital outlay. Yeah, cool. So how did you kind of go about raising that first bit of investment to kind of help give you that kickstart? Oh, it was easy. I just went to my best friend. We didn't really need the money. Adam and I had the money, but but one of my best mates always said that if we ever franchise the model, he wanted to be involved. So I went to him. He was in. He's a silent investor. So it was a no-brainer. Yeah, cool. And so Adam came along. Like I've seen some articles where Adam sort of built as a franchising expert. Yep. Um, is like how did you guys kind of meet and, you know, kind of how did you then, like did you always think that F45 would be a franchise model? So it's an incredible story actually. So Adam and I played rugby together when we were kids down at East Rugby and we've always been excellent friends. Adam went off to US and he set up different sorts of franchising there in different fields and, you know, was a great entrepreneur and had some really cool entrepreneurial stuff going on. I went into investment banking. Um, around about the same time, Adam drew up a business plan on health and fitness. Now, I drew up my own business plan on health and fitness. I wasn't really happy in equities. I was looking to move on and do something different. And Adam and I kind of had this exact same plan. So I went up and set up a group training model, which was which was F45-like. And Adam's plan was to franchise a group training model. So he turned up at my F45 studio. I was walking down the stairs. He walked up. I was like, Adam. He was like, Rob, what are you doing here? And it was really strange and uncanny because we sat down and his plan was really, really similar to my plan. So there were obviously a few things that were really different, but a lot of it was really similar. So that's when we kind of decided that we'd team up, we'd franchise the model together. And from that day on, we've literally spent, you know, seven in the morning till seven at night together pretty much every single day working on, you know, what is now F45. So it worked out really, really well. And we're still, you know, best of friends. Stay tuned after the break as Rob takes us through F45's future growth plans, including a possible IPO on the horizon. It's crazy the amount of people who come up to me with an idea for a startup, but who don't know where to start. If that sounds like you, then squarespace.com is the answer. Whether it's a business, showcasing your creative work, or even just showing off yourself, on Squarespace, you can buy a domain, set up a website with no technical skills required. If you're looking to take your creative project to the next level, simply use the offer code PTV to get 10% off your first purchase at squarespace.com. So for, I, I know when talking to a lot of people that are like looking to kind of launch startups, they're always kind of looking at whether they need one co-founder or two co-founders or if they should do it solo. Like what's your advice in terms of kind of, um, you know, whether people should reach out to kind of like business partnerships and how to make one successful? I've only got one bit of advice and it sounds really simple, but I think if people follow this, then it kind of works. I think 
it doesn't matter how many founders, co-founders you've got. I think where partnerships basically fall apart is when one partner believes the other partner doesn't add equal weight or more. So I think you've got to ask yourself, if you're going to business with someone, are they going to add as much value as me or more? And if not, I wouldn't go into business with them. So that would be my very simple advice. I think that your partner needs to be as innovative, as clever, as business savvy, as hardworking, as hungry as you, and then I think that you never have any problems in partnership. Yeah, nice. And F45, like you spoke about some of the growth earlier on in the piece, and the growth is incredible. Like, how do you guys manage that level of growth? Like, because I mean, that must put strain on you guys at times as a business, I imagine. Yeah, it does. I mean, it challenges you every day, which is exactly what we want. So one great thing about being a franchise is it's scalable. So the one thing that we did when we sat down, when we had about 20 franchises is Adam and I asked each other the question of, if we sold a thousand franchises in a month, how would we deal with it? And the answer to that question was technology. So the artificial intelligence that we have built around our technology, systemization we have built around our technology is literally built to cope for a thousand franchises to be sold in a month. Obviously, we'll never do that, but we have the tech that can actually enable that. So this month alone, we're opening 78 gyms, which is pretty much unheard of. And you could never do that with just people. You need tech. So the business model's always been built from day one to to handle super normal growth. Um, But there's certain parts of the business where obviously you need to focus on in terms of staffing to make sure it works. So for us, it's tech and it's support. Um, So that's where we focus a lot of our time and a lot of our resources is on making sure the tech team and the support team is always growing. So when you talk about tech, like what what is the technology doing? Is it managing kind of like members and you know, like, or is it managing franchises? Like, you know, kind of where does tech play? Because I guess, again, if you're walking past an F45 in the street, it looks like a room with people yep. having a great time working out. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's really broad. So the, the first piece of technology that we've got is a piece called Playbook. And that is the technology that the franchisee gets, which runs their business. So from the day that they sign, they get a Playbook login and that literally guides them from day of opening to continued opening in the business. So it literally is a box ticking exercise for the first three months of have you found a premise? Have you got your insurance? Have you signed your lease? Have you ordered your equipment? Everything that they could possibly need to do to be operational. It also holds all our music files, all our signage files, all our guideline files, all the workouts of the day, all the workout videos. So that is obviously a huge resource for the franchisee. The other piece of technology that requires a lot of time, resources, um, and effort is our product called F45 TV. They are the screens that you see as a client of an F45 studio that literally run the session from the time you walk into the door to the time you leave. So to make it as simple and as seamless as possible, like everything to do with tech, it's actually more and more difficult. And because it runs so smoothly and it seems so seamless, to build that technology is obviously super expensive and takes a lot of manpower to kind of keep it sustainable and working on a daily basis. So that is run by 
dongles that literally plug into the back of three TVs in the studio and we beam out everything from head office into that studio. So that piece of technology is really, really cool. Apart from that, we have a myriad of other apps that we um, that we have in the business, the challenge app, the playoff apps, the booking apps. So the technology piece is a nonstop moving beast and that's obviously where we're putting more and more time into and we've got some really incredible new tech developments coming out in the next two to three years as well. Yeah, cool. So in, when did the technology, say when did Playbook emerge? Like was that there before you sold the first franchise? Was it there kind of, you know, after you'd sold a few? Like at what point? Great question. So Playbook was never there at the start. Um, Playbook was derived as we realized franchisees just needed a little bit more love, a little bit more support, and a little bit more guidance in terms of getting their studios open and operating them at maximum efficiency. So Playbook was born after we'd sold around about 60 to 70 franchises. We realized that we there was a real need for something for these franchisees. So yeah, it wasn't born at the start, and it came in at around about franchise number 70. Yeah, cool. So for you guys, like apart from, say, technology, has there been any moment or thing that you you've done in the business that has been a real game changer for you? Um, I mean, in terms of ambassadors, I think we've really nailed something now. So I moved to America or or started going to America around about two and a half years ago. And the goal then was to sign Paige Hathaway as our ambassador. So I emailed Paige a few times. I never got a response back. And um, just two weeks ago, we signed Paige. So for us, I see this as being a real game changer for our business. She's got a huge global global presence. She's great to work with. She's been a you know a real pioneer in the health and fitness space. So I think signing Paige is going to be a real game changer for our business. Um, other things that have been game changers, um, the influences that we've been able to liaise with in Australia has been phenomenal. You know, signing people like Nate Miles, Nathan Sharp, Brett Lee. We've got a host of incredible athletes that are, you know, attached to the brand. That's obviously had a huge impact for us. We've got James Haskell, who plays for the England Rugby Union team and the British Lions in England. So there's a host of phenomenal athletes that are attached to the brand. And that's just given us that, you know, real kind of validation that this is the training that you should be doing, um, not only as a professional athlete, but just a general consumer of uh, gym products. Yeah, cool. So you've made the move from Australia to the the States. Um, Is that something that you think you really need to do to kind of like help to crack America? Like is that, can you do that from here or you have Uh, to make the move? You probably could, but you just wouldn't get the same, you know, from the growth. So like I said, there's 550 franchises to be sold in Australia total and we're pretty much there. In America, there's seven and a half to 10,000 and we're at, call it 300. So for us, being over there, building a team and trying to attack as many of those 7,500 franchises as we can, we feel it's just more prudent to just be over there for the next two to three years for sure. Yeah, cool. So do you guys have a kind of like a sales team that then drives franchise sales? Exactly. Yeah, there's four full-time salespeople in America, and that team's about to grow even further. Yeah, nice. And so are they targeting – because I feel like fra- like selling a franchise is such a kind of it, – it, it must be a strange target audience to have to try to reach because, you know, I, I imagine your franchise owners come from a range of different backgrounds. Um, how do you go about sort of, you know, finding those people and marketing to them or selling to them? Sure. I mean, it's a good question because the interesting thing is – in Australia, franchising is still pretty embryonic. Um, a lot of people are not so familiar with franchising in this country. In America, it's a completely different beast. 
everyone loves franchises. Everyone's really um, comfortable with franchising in the state. So it's actually been a lot easier for us over there. Okay. But the way that we um, draw leads from a marketing standpoint is as follows. So the first thing that we do is we run in-studio franchise seminar nights. So current operational F45s, we run seminars in those F45s. We also run events, which you've probably seen in the press, um, with huge sporting teams. So currently we've sponsored the Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Dallas Mavericks, which are three NBA teams, which has been hugely successful. We've now been, uh, joined up with the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos. So we've liaised with huge sporting teams to drive franchise sales. On top of that, we do franchise expos, fitness expos, and all the other stuff that you can imagine. And then we obviously drive it really hard on social media as well. Yeah, no. So has that been an area of the business that you've been involved in on the sales side? Um, absolutely. Yeah. So I run the sales team. Um, I assisted to just get the momentum in each region. So I probably sold the first 30 to 40 in each region, and then I've handed it over to the sales guys. Yeah, cool. And so how do you sort of incentivize a sales team and kind of get them kind of working together, but also, I suppose, competitively to try, try to drive the biggest results? Yes. I mean, they're all on commission, obviously, and then they get a sale for every single lead that they have. Um, I've been really lucky because the full sales team are all great friends of mine. Everyone already got along. Great culture. Um, they all help each other. They pass on leads to each other. It's just a really healthy environment, but they, they literally get paid a sales commission per sale that they make. Yeah, cool. And so we talked about, I mean, how have you found the difference doing business in America versus Australia, apart from obviously kind of Americans being more familiar with the franchise model? The big difference is the level of customer support the American franchisees have needed. So in Oz, we were absolutely blessed um, and we didn't realize how much customer support some people actually needed to set up the franchise. So since coming to America, the two areas that we've really had to beef up the team have been one, like I said, the customer support team. So the level of love that the franchisee gets has really gone up. And the second has obviously been the marketing because in Australia, we were literally selling these franchises without doing any marketing. We just had a great sexy brand, great influencers, and people were just flocking to us to buy franchises. In the States, we're still getting the same amount of leads, but we've had to do a lot more marketing to get that. And that's because the size of the country as well is just so large. Yeah. So for people to know who you are in America, we're probably going to need around about 300 franchises open. In Australia, we really only needed about 25 before we got that really strong brand and product awareness. Yeah, cool. So the business has such phenomenal momentum at the moment. It feels like nothing can kind of stop it. But like sort of there must be things that keep you up at night. Like what are those? Um, nothing externally um, because there's no product like us in the market and we're first to market and we're already at a thousand franchises. So it's going to be really, really, really tough for a competitor to bring us down. It's more internal things, you know, building the right team, getting the customer support level up there, keeping the stability in the technology. Um, the legals and contracts and stuff like that. But we're in a really, really unique position. Um, so externally, there's nothing really that worries me. Just got to make sure that we've got the team on point and everything firing to take us to that next level, which is 2,500 to 5,000 franchises within the next three to four years. Yeah, nice. And, and where to from there? Is there kind of like, if you hit that point and you're no longer having, like, you know, kind of, is, is, are you looking to kind of like 
exit the business at some point? Are you building up to sell or to list on the stock exchange? Or Yeah, I think the logical stage is an IPO for sure. Yep. So we've been approached by a few counterparts already. Um, there's lots of people looking to potentially take us to that IPO stage, but I think at you know two to two and a half thousand franchises, it's the logical step for us um, to list you know in the US. So that's probably the next stage for us. Yeah, nice. So have you started? Like, what what is it that goes into a business to kind of like start looking at that? Like, is there things that you need to start working on now to like you know if you were to go to go down that path? Yeah, there is. I mean, it's probably the structure of the company and the structure of the staff that are the main things, but. But without a shadow of doubt, the first thing you need to do is build a business that is listable. So we've done that, which is obviously the hardest part, which gets us 95% of the way there. But if we were to IPO, obviously we'd be liaising with a you know, a company that's been there and done that many times before, so they can probably fill in most of the gaps. But getting the company structure in place is obviously the right thing and having the right CFOs and the right CEOs and all that kind of stuff. So staffing is probably the main area that we need to focus on in the next 12 to 24 months to make sure you know everyone is in the right position and we're appropriately staffed for that IPO. Yeah, cool. And uh, just a couple more questions. It's like last, uh, so second lastly, um, if that's a word, <laughs> like when you're hiring for roles that potentially you haven't kind of done or managed before, so you talked about technology being like a huge kind of, you know, factor in the business. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, from looking at your background, it doesn't seem to be a technical kind of background. How are you kind of hiring for people and managers in those roles? when it's not something that you've had exposure to in the past? Sure. I mean, we're really lucky because we've got heads of different departments that do have that experience. So tech, for instance, we've got a CTO. So we have a CTO that's worked for us right from the start. It's really capable, really smart. And we make sure that he hires all the staff in the tech department, for instance. So the 50% of the business that Adam looks after, he's pretty much across every single one of those attributes and he's had experience in all those areas. And the stuff that I look after, being the sales, the training, the social, the marketing, that's where my expertise is in. So it's either Adam and I doing the hiring. We're both really capable in our different areas, so we're pretty capable that we can hire the right staff. Yeah, nice. And um, and lastly, like you know, kind of, I think it's the figures are pretty crazy. But it's like one in three of you know, kind of the pedestrian readers are working on a side hustle at the moment. There's like this huge entrepreneurial spirit running through them. Like, what what's kind of like, I guess, like one piece of advice that you would give to someone that is kind of working on, you know, something on the side of, like, say, their, their full-time job and, you know, they want to take it to kind of like a full-time thing? Yeah, I mean, I've always thought the best thing is to just literally get your teeth stuck into it and actually give up the full-time job. So I was that person for a while and just dreamed and dreamed and dreamed about getting out of my finance career and setting up Air 45. And the best thing I ever did was to quit my job and just start because I think if you just give something, you know, 50% of your time and another thing 50% of your time, I don't think you're giving yourself every single chance to be successful in your new potential career. So I'd say literally if you're dreaming about something, you're passionate about something, just go for it. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dip my toes in. I'd dive in head first and just literally quit your current job, jump onto the new one, and just dive in head first and give it 110 percent, not 50 percent. That would be my advice. Yeah, cool. Nice one, Rob. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it, um, especially considering you hate podcasts, but you're here. So <laughs> thanks. And um, yeah, if you're walking past one of those F45s and you're curious, then you know I think you should hop back, hop right in, and have it, give it a go. So yeah, thanks very much, mate. Appreciate Absolute it. pleasure to be here. Thanks. Yeah. Having me. Cheers. Thank Thanks. you. 
That's it for another episode of Founders University. This episode was brought to you by Squarespace. Hop onto squarespace.com now, buy a domain, and set up a website with one of their beautifully designed templates. Don't forget to use the offer code PTV to get 10% off. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, rate us five stars, and forward a link to a friend. Stay tuned for another episode of Founders University coming to your headphones and speakers in a fortnight.